0: to solve this murder. I am your detective, Bill.
1: And I am your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're on part six of the Murder on the
0: Links. In part five, I met back up with the girl from the train and, in character as Hastings, left her alone with the body and the shed unlocked while I took her back to the train station.
1: We interviewed Jack Renault, who has returned and got an admission that he is in love with Marta de Broglie and that Bella is his ex-girlfriend.
0: Then finally, Inspector Giraud appeared back on the scene to announce there had been another murder with the same murder weapon.
1: Oh, Hastings. Don't you owe Hastings me! You did it all on your own. Don't you owe Hastings me!
0: You forced me into this foolishness!
1: So naturally, Bex goes and says, Well, that's absurd. The murder weapon was locked in the shed.
0: And Hastings says, uh, Yes. That's true as well. No, I have to admit, I made a foolish mistake. I was tricked by a young girl. I left her alone with the body, and then forgot to lock up the shed when I took it down to the train station because, and I cannot emphasize this enough, I'm an idiot. They are
1: extremely ashamed of you. They go, they check out the shed, and yes, indeed, the knife is gone from there. Yep. (sighs) But then, you all go, you follow Inspector Gerard as you go to find out about this new murder. You have now been doing enough interviewing, enough consoling, enough sitting on couches staring pensively uh, that it is the next
0: morning. Sure, it is now the next morning. Time has passed.
1: It was a long interview with Jack.
0: Sure, all night.
1: (laughs) Who's Marta? Who's Bella? Yeah, he said, what were you fighting about? And he said, he didn't really want to talk about it. It was none of your business. Yeah, that was three hours. Gerard leads you back towards the golf course. Ooh, by
0: the golf course. Okay.
1: And he steers you towards the smaller shed.
0: There's an... Why is the other shed so... Okay, okay. Okay, golf course, shed two.
1: They've broken the lock off it. They're trying to look around. And you go in, and there is indeed the body of a man at the back of that shed. Oh, just...
0: I really thought it was going to be the girl. Okay. Which girl? The one who took the knife.
1: Ah. No, it's a man. Oh. Again, you can see he's just lying straight. He's on his back. And he has been stabbed through the heart. You can see the knife we sitting are there. to blame.
0: Okay. Who is this man?
1: You take a look, you don't recognise him from being someone in the house. Does anyone else? None of the people that you immediately call forth. Like, I don't know, who do you ask?
0: Giraud. Inspector Bex. Nope, nope. Jack. Nope. PT's wife. Nope. Oh my god, Leonie. (laughs) Francoise. (laughs) Okay,
1: this us keep going for a while. There's a lot of people. We'll get there. Uh, But, so yeah, you don't recognise him. He doesn't look like anyone from the household that you have seen. He is wearing an old but very expensive looking blue suit. He is, the the book describes him as swarthy. Okay. So you get the distinct impression that he's French swarthy.
0: Yeah, he's Mediterranean.
1: Yeah, maybe around 50 years old. His face is a little convulsed. In fact, if you go in really close, you can see this little slight foaming on his lips. <gasps> Poison! He's laying very neat and straight there. You get a look. His hands, his nails are very broken and discolored.
0: Oh, I don't like this. Danny, I don't like this. Can you change it up so none of this happened? (laughs) Okay, the broken discolored nails really makes me not happy because the first thing I think of when I see that is like scratching desperately to get out of something like he like like he was in the shed, locked in, and then they dumped poison in the shed, and he was <laughs> desperately trying to get out. And then once he had collapsed, they opened it up and stabbed him.
1: This it doesn't actually look like it was a one off sort of bad nails situation. Dirty hands. Okay, thing.
0: okay. Oh, good. That's so much better. Yeah. It looks like in his line of work, perhaps he has he, taken awful he care he of his and, and breaks his nails. So, okay. Okay. Thank you for alleviating <laughs> that because it's one of my least favorite images. Yeah. Right. I hate it so much. Okay, so he just, he works with his hands. But he also has an expensive blue suit that he's wearing. Hmm. Interesting.
1: Girard comes over and he says, the doctor is coming, he will be able to do some confirmations, but uh how long did you leave the shed unattended?
0: I, I believe it was, and you can correct me if mm-hmm. I'm wrong, less than an hour.
1: Uh, that sounds about right. Okay, so... There's about an hour in which this could have been done.
0: Uh, no, not at all, time right? Yet. What? An hour in which they could have stolen the knife?
1: Uh, yes, yes, yes.
0: Okay, cool. Because well, they could have done the murder whenever they want.
1: Well, yes, whatever, but I mean, ugh, surely take a look at him. It can't have been done that much more recently than that.
0: True, true. And
1: you take a look and yes, body's pretty cold. It wasn't
0: just, okay, so it wasn't just murder. It was murdered this some hours really ago. This really didn't happen. Okay. hmm Can I have a, can I, maybe I can do some investigation of this, of this body in this scene for a second. Allow
1: me, sir.
0: You do love sniffing out clues.
1: Take a look at. I'll watch you work. Take a look at the floor. Do you notice anything?
0: Uh, there is dirt from a garden.
1: Ah, you are not too far off. Your keen eyes have noticed. There are the faintest, faintest glimmers of footprints. Of two people, two sets of footprints. Now, we cannot get any details from them. It is far too faint for that. They only walked through the good dirt. Sure. But one of them, I'm sure you will agree with me. Woman? Must have been feminine shoes.
0: Okay. Two sets. His shoes. Plus. Woman's shoes. All right, keep going, Gerard, keep going.
1: There is very little else in here. We have lots of garbage, uh, like, what do you call it? Fert- we've we got fertilizer, we've got lawn trimmings, we've got gardener's old clothes. It's uh, it's just a very much a rubbish shed.
0: Interesting. Now, I wonder about the poison, whether there's something that could come from fertilizer and things like that, but, okay, I'll ask the doctor.
1: Yep, you can wait a little bit until the doctor arrives. He's on his way right now. Yeah, sure. Okay, Doctor comes in, takes a look at it, and goes,
0: Huh. Do you know who this is, Doctor?
1: No, I have no idea who it is. But, um, you know that he didn't die by stabbing, right?
0: Already dead from the poison?
1: Oh, I'm taking a look, and I'm going to ask, but mainly I'm seeing this knife. There is no blood around this wound.
0: Oh, so they just put a knife into a dead corpse.
1: That's what I'm seeing. Man, they must have really hated him. So I'm not to blame at all. But, in addition, you, you said poison. Eh, I don't even know if I'm going to go with that. Allergy? I'm thinking epilepsy.
0: Oh, no. I think this, well, this
1: is very peculiar. I'll definitely grant you that.
0: But you're saying, what, like, not a murder? A man had an epileptic fit, then someone came in and stabbed his well, dead it's body? It's clearly
1: attempted murder. They thought that they were killing him, I guess, but kind of. That
0: Okay, I keep thinking I've got a handle on this mystery and then more nonsense happens, like a man that nobody knows having an epileptic fit and being stabbed in the heart after death.
1: When are we saying that uh, this happened?
0: Oh, I don't know. Doctor, I thought you'd tell us.
1: Yeah, yeah, just... A couple hours ago? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. When do you think this
0: body died? Hmm,
1: Closer to 48 hours ago.
0: Why?! Why is this happening? He's been in this shed the whole time. Hmm. Yeah, come on, Gerard.
1: Unlock it faster next time.
0: I take no responsibility. I'm going to leave the shed unlocked however much I want because this is nothing to do with what I did. Well, I mean, the knife is still there. I, that's just kids stabbing <laughs> corpses. What the hell? Hold on. So this person died 48 hours ago. Do you, and I, and I ask you this because I know timelines are very hard to keep track of, do you know when this was in relation to the first murder? Do we well, think this is before P.T. was killed? Yeah.
1: Probably the morning of it. Oh, my God. So,
0: really. This... So, wait, 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 wait. The morning. Hold on, everybody. The morning of the murder. So this, this is what made him freaked out. This is when he was suddenly, like... Um, like redoing all of his like, uh, sending people to, to Buenos Aires, sending us to do an investigation, like this is what had him called in. He did a murder maybe and he was scared about being discovered was that suddenly his secret that he just murdered a man? I mean the
1: man died of epilepsy
0: Oh sure, sure, epilepsy caused by being in Santiago um, What is going on? This has to be tied into all of his earlier stuff. Who is this man? What the hell? What is this mystery? Okay, okay. So this was the morning. This is probably when he was messaging people about like, go to, do all the stuff. Like this is, this is, this was the inciting incident, surely. And then he put him in his own bloody, and he probably dug the grave. The reason there was a big dug grave is he was planning to bury this body. Surely. Like, the question that I haven't even asked, let alone answered, is why was there a big open grave that he was in? Mm. He probably dug the grave to put this body in and then was randomly killed by a Like, it's a planned grave for a murder that seemed sudden. But it's because he was going to bury a body in his own golf course. Far out. (laughs) This is insane. So P.T. must have known this man had died. And this is what caused him to freak out. And that's why he dug a grave. Maybe it has something to do with him talking to Bella. Or not Bella, but, you know. Why was he writing a check to Bella Devine? Why mm. would he write it? Because he wants Bella to get back with, with, with his son because he thinks she's a better option than his half-sister. Bearing in mind, everybody, I haven't established that it's his <laughs> half-sister. I'm just, I'm just assuming there's something there. We'll wait for Poirot to tell me who de Broglie is. God, he's taken his time. I suppose he's probably still just arriving in London now.
1: He'll be on his way um, back
0: soon. Oh, my God. What is this? Who, who told me to solve murders for a living? Okay.
1: Yeah, so you get all you can out of this. They do bring everyone back in. No one identifies this man. Nobody knows. No one knows who he is. So, sometime later, you go back to your thinking spot. This is where you do it. Oh, love
0: it! Give me yeah. some more overhearing.
1: It's not much. You just go there, and you hear two people walking along. It's Jack and Marta, and Jack is just saying very nice things, like "It's all, all right. Everything's going to be fine." And you know, it, look, we're still on track to get married. Possibly even more so. I don't like to say that, but maybe. And Marta is a little bit more shaky and tearful. She's saying, "Mm, I'm really afraid. I don't remember what her voice was. It's been too long. I'm really afraid. I'm so afraid. I'm afraid for you.
0: Why? (laughs) I get get right up to the hedge and I go,
1: why? You get right up to the hedge. You don't do that. You do notice that from one of the other hedges, you think you see Gerard's head poking around as he's eavesdropping as well.
0: I love it. give Um, him a wink.
1: But he eventually vanishes and the two of them eventually say goodbye. Ma- um, Jack heads off back to the house. Marta stays around for a little bit. And in fact, she comes around. She's going to come to your seat to sit down and she sees you. She goes, oh, oh, H- hello. Oh, yes. I did have something to say. Sorry. I-, I spent some time thinking about it. That man in the shed.
0: You know the man in the shed? I grab her by the shoulders and I shake her. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me where the shed was.
1: Look, yes, I not, not so well, but yes, I think I did recognize him after all. It was while I was sitting here. I'm so. Oh, you must have overheard me. You, you must have overheard us talking just oh, then. No,
0: not at all. This is a soundproof hedge. I didn't even know you were here.
1: That's a complete lie. then
0: maybe I'm losing my hearing. I come here all the time. Then perhaps it's my fault. Maybe I'm going deaf. Uh, Too too many explosions in the war. Oh. I lost hearing in my left ear. sorry
1: to hear it. Uh, Yeah, I come here all the time. I hear things. And in fact, that morning, two mornings ago... Sure. I heard Mr. Renault...
0: Oh, Yes.
1: He was having a fight with someone, now
0: you say, Mr. Reno. can I can you that's not Jack? no, PT. ok. just making sure no one's tripping. I would me not call I would not
1: call Jack Mr. Reno. no
0: well, true true true. You are siblings
1: uh, <laughs> but yes, I, I heard him having a fight with someone
0: interesting. And did you do you overhear any details?
1: No, it wasn't that sort of fight. It was just an oh, get out of here style thing. He
0: keeps doing that. He keeps having really vague fights with people in public,
1: but I went to look and the clothing was very different because I'm pretty sure what I saw was him just kicking out a vagrant who had wandered in from the other entrance to the golf course and oh. was just saying, this is private property, you're not allowed here, get out, go, that sort of thing.
0: And you think it's the same man?
1: It, obviously, it was a little hard to tell at first, but the more I think about it, yes. I didn't stick around, it was a little bit awkward, but I'm quite certain it was that same man.
0: Okay, so a vagrant has popped up, looking dishevelled, I'm assuming not wearing a fancy blue suit. No, not at all. And he says, blah, 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 and P.T. says, get out of here. Hold off, unhand me, greybeard loon. <laughs> and as soon his hand dropped he. So, that's interesting. So what does that mean? And why does he now have a suit? What is, what? Is this mystery? Okay. I don't know how to piece that together, Marta. Thank you That's for the information. Okay.
1: I, I, I didn't know how it would possibly make any sense either. I just thought you should know. Now, while she's here, do I have any questions for Marta?
0: Maybe I could ask her. Oh, hey. I'll stir the pot a little bit. But <laughs> I hope they're not too bad. Marta, do you know Bella Devine? mm do, do you know of Bella Devine?
1: No, did you... Did you ask my mother about that? I, I oh
0: probably I ask everybody.
1: Okay. No, I I have no idea.
0: Okay, interesting. It's just um, just your 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 future husband's secret lover. That's all right. Um,
1: Excuse me, I don't believe that for a second. Oh, we fine. are extremely in love and devoted to each other.
0: That's interesting. Do you know why your why his parents so opposed or do oppose uh, still your union?
1: Oh, I I mean I don't. We're not rich like them. We don't have an illustrious family background. We don't have property in South America.
0: Okay, now I'm on your side and I like the de Broys again. God, we should all blackmail the rich. And okay.
1: all I said was, to, all I told Jack was to stick it out. I didn't say that we should run away or anything. I said we should just wait.
0: And Jack saw you, I'm trying to get my timeline right, I want to say two nights ago now, the night of his father's murder, he was with you? I did hear that he came back. But he was with you. Yes. She said that. Now, if you can't see Danny's face, but she said that in a way that implies that she's quickly covering for her fiancé, who was not, in fact, spending the night with her. Marta, you do know that if you lie to me, by law, I'm allowed to kill you right here where you stand? <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> yes, that is the French way.
0: <laughs> that is. The, that's why we've done this in France, because I have that power. So I ask you again don't that's, cover for him that's not
1: what the book would say if someone said that in the book they'd say oh that's really more of an italian thing
0: that's true uh
1: they do do a little bit of that in the book Is <laughs> a stabbing what an italian thing to do
0: that is very funny don't lie to me jack said he was with you but yes i don't think he was i think he was in his own house seeing his father did he stay at your haha i'll trap you uh, you don't want to say he did, because that's impropri- improprietous, but therefore you have to give me the right information. Did he stay in your, ha- ha- in your manor overnight? Yep. Damn it! She caught me with her brazen wantonness. Damn it, my old sensibilities have been wasted on these new wave women. Okay, so, ah uh, well, I don't believe you, but that's all right. Okay, so now I know that it was a vagrant. Ah, what I, this is so confusing. I don't know. I feel like I'm missing an opportunity if I let this conversation end, but I think I just have to let this conversation end. Yeah. All right, Marta. See you later. Hmm. Okay, I need to do some thinking. I need to get some notes. I need to do some... I'm, okay, I'm going to sit in my thinking spot here on the bench. Beautiful. Maybe I'll overhear some extra clues while Who I'm here. Who knows? New, but I don't know. Let me try and think this through. So what is the timeline here? What is going on? What do I know now? Let's go, I want to say, two days ago, which is the morning of the day of the murder.
1: You could, if you wanted to timeline it. I'd
0: go two weeks before that. I'd go six years before that. I don't know.
1: (laughs) So the family moved in six weeks ago.
0: Let's start with the fight. Let's start with Jack and his father fighting. That, I think, is the earliest kind of event that I have a knowledge of. Alright, well, I, have a, oh I have
1: a date for... i go
0: even earlier to the start, to whatever. I could put in brackets before that, mm-hmm. right? The earliest thing in my list of things is the blackmail reason. Oh, whatever that was, fair enough. Right, the blackmail reason happened at some point in the past and has been being paid out for six weeks, mm-hmm. right? So blackmail reason in the past, then... Blackmail starts right after that. And why six weeks? Because he has been. That is the time frame over which he gave £4,000 to Mrs. DeBroy. Oh, de yes, that's, that's true. That's been over the last six why weeks. Why
1: did that only start in the last six weeks?
0: Because that's when they moved here? Yes. Okay. Blackmail. So
1: sometime in and April.
0: Arrival in.
1: Merlinville du Sumer.
0: Merlinville. Those happened at the same time. So it's like he arrived and she went, oh, wait, I know you. I have a secret of yours that I could reveal. So I think that, okay, so that's actually really interesting that those two things line up. It's not like a, she came out she was like, I'm going to get you. It's like he saw her and she was like, oh, I know you. Aren't you that guy that killed 19 men? And he's like, shut up. I'll give you money if you shut up. <laughs> so there's something there, right? It was like a happenstance. It was like a, oh, P.T. Renault. I remember this is your daughter. That kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. It was a it was a chance arrival or a chance meeting, perhaps, that brought back something from his past. Okay, I gotta draw. I gotta I gotta lay this out right. So we got blackmail, reason, time frame, the past. Blackmail and arrival, time frame, six weeks ago. The next thing that happened, I think, I want to go two weeks ago to the fight. For those first four weeks, it just seemed like stuff was going on. Cool. All right. This is the 23rd ago, of May. The 23rd, we had the Jack and P.T. fight. Father, I want to marry Marta. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Jack plus P.T. fight. Also, at the same time, we had Jack goes to Paris. Yep. That was also
1: on that same day.
0: And Will is a adended? That was the next day. Ha, 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 ha. Okay. Will, changed, amended, that's what I want, not addended, changed. That was the 24th of May. Do I have anything about that check he wrote to Devine? I found it in his office, but I don't have a time for that. I do. I can I ask Stoner to double check that against the, the books? Stoner
1: is not aware of that and uh, so in the actual checkbook that was found in there, the whole thing had been like removed from it. Yeah. Okay. Uh but you do know that Françoise cleans this every morning. She had cleaned away and thrown away the rest of the scraps that weren't covered by carpet.
0: Great. So that's on the day of the murder. Okay, so we'll change 2 weeks ago. The next thing that happens is I believe, the day of the murder. Mm. So we're on to the day of the murder, which is, do you know the day of the the murder? The
1: 7th of June,
0: and a lot happened. The 7th of June, a lot happened. So we have the fight with the vagrant. That happened that morning. Okay. Then we have, at some point with a question mark, a check to Bella. Yep. We don't know when that happened.
1: We could probably guess based on other evidence, but sure.
0: It's probably when she visited. Probably. So let's go, okay, we'll, we'll tie it into that. So the vagrant fight happened in the morning. Did anything else happen before she visited in... Oh, no, then, then, I reckon after the vagrant fight, but with a bit of question marking, there was also the vagrant death.
1: Seemingly, yep. That would be a little weird
0: if it were the other way around. And then at some point around that, we have... Send Jack mm. to... SA, yep. South Australia, um, that's South America. I don't, want to do, I don't want to lead you astray if you're listening. Maybe you're coming in and out and you just heard some key words. South America. Send for Poirot. Mm-hmm. And that's, that, those are the only sendings he did, right?
1: Oh, uh, sort
0: of. Did he send for Stoner?
1: No, he did the exact... He sent
0: his chauffeur away. Opposite. Well, I still have no idea about that. He just said to Poirot that he would pick him up at the station. Why didn't he send the chauffeur away? That's nonsense. Oh, don't make me solve mysteries. Okay. Then after that at like 10:20, 5. That was oh, when, when, they when she left. left. So in the, in the evening. Yeah. Um
1: probably probably around 10.
0: Yeah. Don't remember exactly. We got Bella arrives, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming a little bit there, but Yeah. I Bella. Don't remember Francoise thought it was Mrs. de Broy, but Yeah, but she's a fool. Bella Devine and the check probably gets written then. And he's like, go now. Mm-hmm. Then at 11.40, Jack arrives. Mm. Maybe she went straight to Jack in that time. Go now. Went, and then she went, found Jack. And then he arrived. But then, no, that doesn't
1: make sense. And they would have just bumped into each other yeah. completely coincidentally.
0: God, okay. Keep going. So then Jack arrives at 11.40. And I don't think I have another action until... 2 a.m. ostensibly, which is the murder. All right. Do I have a thing? Do I have heard anything else that fits in between those two?
1: The only thing that I could throw in there that you had heard and don't know if you paid any note to, the last train to leave.
0: Oh, you're right. You're right. There is. Last train to leave as well was 12.17 p.m. Yeah, you commented
1: on how specific that was. Yeah,
0: I wrote it down. 12.17, last train leaves, and then at 2 a.m., Attack plus murder. And that's the end of that day. What is the... And there was a, and there was a watch that was broken at seven, but not broken. It was continuing. It was continuing. Cracked. And when and it, it was, was five... o'clock. ahead. Yeah,
1: when it was five o'clock, it said seven.
0: God damn it. So what the watch was back? two hours ahead. Or 10 hours behind. Sure. Um, why is there a watch that's set wrong? Why is there a watch that is set wrong? Danny, why is there a watch that is set Wrong. (laughs) Why does it matter that there's a watch that is two hours fast? I don't get it. Because it happened at midnight. Because it happened at midnight. Because it happened at midnight? Because it happened at midnight. So, so they wanted to make it seem like it happened at 2 a.m., right? So the mother who's been covering for Jack took a clock she was like, look, if you leave now, it's currently midnight, if you leave now, you can get on the last train. But i got to make it look like this happened at 2 a.m. So I'm going to tell people it happened at 2 a.m. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this watch and I'm going to set it two hours forward so it's currently reading 2 a.m., right? And I'm going to smash that 2 a.m. watch. That way you'll have cover, because that's like old proof that the murder happened at 2, which is proof that you couldn't have, like, arrived on a train, killed him, got on another train and left. Because you would have had to have already left at 12.17 and then this is kind of like an alibi that you couldn't have done it and left you couldn't have been here if you left on the train. is there something to do with that that means the murder happened at twelve the murder happened at twelve the murder was at twelve I'm, I don't know where to write this in my notes i'm putting i'm I'm putting here in yeah here we go murder at twelve mrs does she have a name mrs. Oh Renard tried to cover it up. Done. Big note. That's important. Murder was at midnight because Jack did it, and then his mother set the time forward because because she wanted to protect him. She said, go get, get out of here now, jump on the train, go home. That way no one can suspect you. Because even if they found out that you arrived, they would know that you had to have left at 12.17. And that's how he could then come back on the train. Because if he had stayed here after 12.17, it's like, well, how could he come back, right? There's no train out, no train. Like, he would have had to take the train out, but he didn't take the train out, blah, 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 blah. But he did after doing the murder. Is it 17? Could you get from here, could you stab a man and then get back to the train station within 17 minutes? I couldn't tell you. I try it. (laughs) I quickly stab a man, and then I run to the train station. Okay, okay, I've got more timeline to go, I think. But that's it, that's, I cracked that. Oh, and, and the whole reason is <laughs> that he finally confided his secret in his wife, which is that Marta is his love child. Because the wife was starting to come around. Like, maybe we should definitely get married. He's like, no, no, we can't. She's like, give me one good reason. So he gave her that good reason. And then she was like, oh, my God, you're a terrible person who cheated on me. So she called her son up and said, let's kill this guy. Let's murder your dad. And he was like, done. I love it because I want to have the, I want the, uh, you know, I want the, the the business. So he comes to kill his dad. And then, the, and then she's like, great. But she faints and is freaked out because she didn't do the murdering. She got a son to do it. And then she covered up for him. And then, and then, and then. I don't know what's next. But there you go. I've, I've cracked it. What am I doing? Okay. Two o'clock, which is actually midnight, was the attack and the murder.
1: Well, you are thinking someone comes and sits next <laughs> oh, to you. Oh,
0: you, you get an out whenever you want. Okay. No, I go, well, I've got to finish this timeline. Yep. And then the final bit. are, I'm not looking to my left, at Poirot, having sat down next to me. I'm not looking at him. <laughs> he's looking at me, being like, oh, look, the little boy is trying to think. Oh, he's trying to use his little gray cells to get his gray cells out what on What a cute
1: little puppy. Oh, he's
0: a little baby does not know how to suffer crime. All he knows is how to drink a wine. <laughs> Hastings loves to drink wine, mm. by the way. I've had a Merlot in my hands the entire time. Okay. After the attack and the murder, I don't, you know, I don't need to do any timeline. I've got the timeline. Whatever. I turn to Poirot and I say, Who is Madame Dubrot and why is there a tiny, tiny spider on my notebook? Hello. I'm a tiny, little spider.
1: Poirot. Hands you a piece of paper with a significant amount of text on it.
0: Oh my god, this is so much text, Poirot.
1: Yes, well, there's an old account.
0: Ooh, do I get to read the account? Or are you going to read the account? Who's going to read the account?
1: Uh, I think I wouldn't mind reading this one. Read the I account. want you to absorb as you go. We'll All see right, your I'll face. absorb as I go. All right. This one, I might read a little bit more word for word.
0: All right. Go ahead.
1: So, this is about 20 years ago, there was a man named Monsieur Arnold Baraldi. He's from Lyon, but he moved to Paris with his wife and daughter. Monsieur Baroldi worked at a firm of wine merchants. He was a stout middle-aged man, fond of the good things in life, devoted to his charming wife, altogether unremarkable in every way. He worked at a small firm, doing well, but not a massive income to someone like him who was a junior partner. Mm -hmm. So they had a small apartment. They lived very modestly. But even though he was very normal, His wife was absolutely gorgeous and incredibly charismatic. So she became super popular, especially when it was whispered that, oh, you know what? I heard that she was a daughter of a Russian grand duke and other things like that. No, no, no. She's an Austrian princess. And all sorts of secretive things like that. But they basically went, yes, she... Uh, Jeanne Baraldi. She's a very curious, beautiful, mysterious enigma. And she didn't deny anything. She would just go, eh. Maybe. Yeah, Could pretty be. Much. Okay. <laughs> that said, to some close friends, she would be a little bit more specific. She would talk about political intrigue. She would mention papers and obscure dangers to her life. Oh, just like pt Barnum. There are also some rumours that who knows, maybe there were some crown jewels involved.
0: I love crown jewels. Mm. They're my favourite kind of jewels. No, they're not.
1: Amongst these friends, there was a lawyer. His name was Georges Conneau. And it became very obvious, he was insanely in love with Jeanne. She was that kind of teasing type. She, she sort of led him on a little bit, so it seemed, but she always talked about how much she loved her husband. But people definitely had their rumours going that they were having an affair. But uh, they'd been in Paris for about three months, and somehow some other rumours started to come up about somebody else, Mr. Hiram Trapp, an American who was massively wealthy. And once again, the rumours were that he had fallen incredibly in love with her, but was being very respectful standing back. But of course, still nobody believed that. It was all affairs everywhere. And about that time, Jeanne Baraldi started talking a little bit more about her situation. In fact, she said that she was really worried about her husband. He'd been drawn into some political schemes and referred to some important papers that had been entrusted to him for safekeeping concerning some sort of far-reaching European secrets. They had been put into his custody to throw off the people who wanted them. But Jeanne was nervous because she had seen some shady figures hanging around different circles in Paris who looked like they might be after this sort of thing. So then that year in November, the woman who came to clean their apartment found the door of the apartment standing open and found Madame Beraldi lying on the floor, bound by her hands and feet, gagged, and (gasps) on the bed was Mr. Beraldi stabbed through the heart.
0: Stabbed through the heart? Stabbed through the heart. So this is a mix of the two crimes. She's bound and gagged like P.T.'s wife, but he's stabbed through the heart like P.T.'s vagrant.
1: Madame Baraldi told the police that she'd been suddenly awakened by two masked men stifling her, binding, gagging her, and demanding Mr. Baraldi's secret.
0: This This is some Final Destination nonsense. Hold on.
1: Mr. Beraldi refused to give in to them, so, angry, one of them stabbed him through the heart, and then they found his keys, opened the safe, and carried away a mass of papers. Both men were heavily bearded, wore masks, and Mrs. Beraldi said they were definitely Russians.
0: This is ridiculous. Mm.
1: They were never traced, these people. And then over time, just as people were starting to forget about it, Madame Beraldi was arrested and charged with the murder of her husband. The trial came around and it was a big deal because she was very well known. And loads of people, like there were heaps of people that were saying, No, there's no way she could have done it. I know her so well, she's amazing, and others saying, I knew it, I knew it all along. This is so weird. This is a weird mystery. Thing is, they found out that, that someone traced her family and they said, Yeah, she they're just a very nice, quite respectable pair of fruit merchants from Leon. All of the stories about Grand Dukes and princesses and things like that, she had started those rumours herself. And in fact, she had been making little bits of money from telling her stories to people.
0: God.
1: But when they accused her of this murder, the motive Mm -hmm. that they went with was Mr. Hiram Trapp, the rich American, because he admitted that he loved her and that the only thing standing in their way was the fact that she was married. and if. She had no husband. He would have immediately asked her to marry him. So, because Hiram Trapp was such an honourable man, it seems it seems that Jean Beraldi decided she had to kill her husband. Sure. Hmm. The prosecution kept going a little further. They said that, oh uh, no, it wasn't. It obviously wasn't just her that was involved in this. Somehow, she roped Georges Conneau, the lawyer, into being into being the one who actually <laughs> did the stabbing. And we can tell, obviously, she didn't tie herself up, but we can tell from these bonds they were loose enough that she could easily get free and wasn't going to be hurt. Okay. But George Connor seemed, he disappeared. They could not find him. But towards the end of the trial, they received a letter from him to the public prosecutor. It didn't reveal his whereabouts, but it did have a full confession of the crime. It said that he was the one who did the stabbing of Mr. Beraldi, but that Jeanne had made him. Uh, he, she had told him that the husband was abusive and that there was nothing that she could do to get away from her horrible situation. And he was so madly in love with her that he, he stabbed the man in order to free her. And this was the first time that he was learning about the rich American. And he now believed that Madame Baraldi had basically seduced him into committing murder for her so she could go off and marry this rich American.
0: Wonderful.
1: And as soon as that came out, she went, uh, okay, yeah, the whole Russians and masked men story was like, it was Georges Cano, I had nothing to do with it. It was all him. <sighs> I was, he threatened me to keep quiet, so I did.
0: God...
1: And somehow, just, just the jury let her off with a not guilty. Georges Conno was never traced. Madame Beraldi took her child and left Paris.
0: Well, everybody, that's murder number three, and it happened. They keep getting earlier and earlier. Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sage Russian Shootouts for creating our theme music. And thanks to all of you for listening.